Hey, it's Beth here. Episode 397, I got my car back yesterday. I couldn't believe it. I drove myself to a store that had nothing left in it. Didn't matter. Went to a liquor store, which had everything left in it. Got some bottles of champagne. Very exciting. Then I got back in my car. I could make a movie. I went to a movie by myself in my own car. So exciting. I wanted to see this movie. I don't know if anybody else in the world wants to see it. It's Brendan Fraser's Whale. Okay, it's got some problems that are not Brendan's fault. Darren Aronofsky, he always has to do something. So the beginning of this movie is pretty off-putting, maybe to a lot of people. It doesn't even have to be there. It means nothing to the story. And it's also got, like, religious overtones, which mean nothing to the story. I mean, Brendan, in the story, leaves his daughter, abandons her, for whatever reason. That's really the heart of the story. So, it took Darren... Okay, so this play was written 10 years ago. It was off-Broadway. Playwrights Horizon, 150 seats. This guy named Sam Hunter, MacArthur Genius. Why can't... Why does everyone have to be a MacArthur Genius? Okay, writes this play. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants it. Darren sees it. He wants to do it. It takes him 10 years to find an actor. He wasn't even thinking about Brendan. He saw Brendan in a trailer for a Brazilian movie on a plane flight. Have some, has him come in. And Brendan had a great career. And he was so likable and so lovable. And something happened to him where in 2003, he, this, uh, the head of, the absolute head of the, let me see, what is it? The Hollywood Foreign Press um, groped him really hard right before he went on stage to do something. And he had some of these things happen before. This one stuck in his craw, and he finally talked about it years later. Um, the guy denies it, and he doesn't get, um, he doesn't, what happens is he loses everything. And so he kind of just felt good that he did it on his own terms. He'd done Gods and Monsters. Everyone forgot about it. He's really a great actor. So I'm glad Darren gave him a chance. This movie has some moments in it, especially as an older person, because he's trying to reconnect with his child. And he's got congestive heart failure, and he's eating himself to death. And it has these specific moments that Darren says he puts in his movies. But the specific ones, I did, a, I, I listened to a whole big thing with him being interviewed. The specific moments he mentions are not the specific moments that stand out. Brendan eats two pieces of pizza at a time when he's starving. He dips it in ranch dressing. He does all these inside things that people do when they binge. And it made him really likable really kind of lovable and I don't think if I saw this movie at home and was distracted by the dryer bell or whatever doorbell I don't think I would have gotten into it as much you really need to sit down with this and you really need to just get past the first scene it doesn't even matter it's it's really the story about Brendan and his daughter 
who is an amazing actress in the, this movie. And Brendan plays this this uh, online professor. And it's, you can never see his face. None of the students ever can. At the very end, they can. And they're kind of horrified by what he looks like, which is very painful to see. But they always give him the answers they think he wants. His daughter had written an essay when she was in eighth grade that he kept reading. And we didn't know it was from her. And it was about Moby Dick. And I've read all these things about why it was that story. But to me, he's Moby Dick. And Melville has, has the story is very embraced, very engaging in the beginning. And then Melville puts these chapters in where he talks about fishing and they're, he's just wasting time and keeping you there in the book because he doesn't want to go to the final chapter. And I think that's what Brendan was doing when he was overeating. He was just stalling the inevitable, that he really wasn't going to stay here, that he couldn't stay on earth. But he wanted to make amends with his daughter and it's really well done because he's sorry, but he's not sorry. And she's very angry and very malicious in a way. But then he finally does say, I can't believe I abandoned you. I can't believe I abandoned anybody as beautiful as you. And when he says that, he means it. And then he's got this one other line that is just so beautiful, which is he just wants to do something right with his life, which I think we all feel. It's, it's really a beautiful movie. And he does a heck of a good job. And there are a lot of bad reviews. And I think they're just looking at, you know, what not to like. And it's all this, you know, just extra wrapping on, you have to get inside. You have to open up the gift. You have to see the gift that's inside. All this stuff people do with their, you know, agendas or whatever they're trying to say. It's not really what the story is. The story is really about he and his daughter. And she is so well done because she is so angry and she has every right to be. She's lost a father and he wants to come along at the end and fix it. And it's just, she's not, she's not bad. She's honest. And that's what he said in the essay and in life. She's the most honest person in the world. And it's just so great to see her bouncing off of him. It's, it's really beautiful. I don't know if it's something you should take your family to over Christmas. It's a bit much. It's a bit heavy. It's really something to watch while you're alone or maybe with your best friend or your husband or something. But I felt like I was alone with him and I didn't want to ask someone if I could have popcorn or if they'd like another soda. I really just wanted to be alone with him. I, I really empathized and you will too. It's just, it just gave me, I will never look at someone who's 600 pounds again, like I, I will change the way I look at them. It, it really had a profound effect on me and he did a beautiful job. And the daughter, thank God, there's finally a daughter out there that it cannot be obliterated. It cannot be fixed. It was half of her life. 
He left at eight. Now she's 16 or 17. It is impossible to fix. Impossible. You miss the boat and you shouldn't have missed the boat. And she doesn't let up. And I just think, yeah, show what it really feels like as a kid. Let's not put band-aids on these things, these poor little kids. You don't do that, no matter what your story is. And it doesn't matter if you gave child support. You were not there. It's really a good movie. So maybe not Christmas fair, and I get it. But, wow, I couldn't even get out of my seat when it was over. There was just one other couple in the theater, and they couldn't get out of their seat either. And we didn't even move during the whole movie. So check it out. Just get past the first scene. It's, it's not necessary. And the missionary and all that, it's just not necessary. It really isn't. What he did was unforgivable, no matter what the circumstances were. And that's all that Sadie sees. So anyway, great movie. Not Christmas fair, I get it. But it was good for my sanity because it was honest. And that was the whole premise of what he loved about his daughter, this essay that she writes about Moby Dick. Listen to it really carefully in the beginning. It tells the entire story. So, really beautiful movie. And Charles and I were spellbound. So, happy holidays, stay warm, and I will be back. Thanks, bye-bye.